Hey there, nature lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the Birdie Bunch podcast. Uh, this episode was a really fun episode. We had a lot of fun recording it, but just as kind of a pre-warning before we get into it, uh, this episode, we are talking all things animal love, animal courtship. And while we do use scientific terms, things, you know, might, <laughs> they might be a little bit more than PG-13. Not necessarily explicit language, but more uh, evocative language than we normally do here on the podcast. So we are going to mark this episode as explicit. So if that's something that might trigger you, please listen at your own discretion. Like I said, it is a very, very fun episode. We had a fun time. You're going to have a fun time. Without further ado, though, let's get into it. Get into yeah. it feels a little weird when we're talking about courtship. No, nah, I like it. Yeah, well, <laughs> now that I've said it, you do. <laughs> Welcome back, nature lovers, to another episode of the Brady Bunch podcast, where we talk everything conservation, education, and fascination. Happy pre-Valentine's Day, everybody. Today, or obviously, I'm Brittany, and today I am joined by uh, my two friends and co-hosts. I'm CJ. And I'm Matt. And as we're gearing up for... um pre-Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day for all you single ladies. How are we doing this week, folks? I'm doing great. In a week, Aaron's going to be coming out to visit, so we might go to a zoo. That would be fun, but if not, still a good time. We'll go hiking, um, but... For the most part, we're just getting the semester started. Got a really excited conservation education and community engagement class that so far is really, really fun. And I'm looking forward to getting into that a little bit more. Other than that, I'm just listening to a lot of Love Shack. I think it's topical. And like the B-52s and disco have been my vibe currently, which is a little odd, but I'm not upset about it. It's on brand, to say the very least. Here's the thing. I could name just about any song and someone would be like, yeah, that's on brand. I you think know what? That just, is actually true. Like, I think just that's just me. Music is Matt's brand, if you will. It is. And owls. <laughs> okay. Um, this week, I uh, wanted to bring something to, to our my little weekly how I'm doing this week time. Um, and I wanted to share something kind of it's not a current event specifically but it's something that i've been doing every day and i know britney's been doing this too is playing wordle wordle has been my new uh, obsession in playing wordle and like guessing the words every day but there was a variant of wordle that has been created and i'm going to share it on our social media oh it's called I I heard about birdle this. yeah <laughs> it is guessing the banding codes of birds is that like legit? It's legit. I thought that was a meme. No, it is <gasps> legit. Oh, so it was created man. by I believe it's I believe it was created by Alex Tomlinson, who uh, works for the National Audubon Society, and it has just like been kind of exploding. <laughs> uh, and I I'm really fond of it. I don't necessarily know all my bird banding codes, but I've been learning them through this and i think it's very very fun to kind of uh play birdle so that's b-r-d-l that's 
really funny. I have been enjoying Wordle, so I'm very excited to check out Birdle. But speaking of birds, um, I have been enjoying my new bird feeder that uh, my friend CJ gave me. We've been getting so many cool things. Do I know what birds are there? No, but do I enjoy sitting on my counter in my kitchen and watching them? Yes. We are already, I've had it for maybe like a week, week and a half now, and I'm already out of almost all of my feeder stuff, so. Dang, birds are coming galore, huh? Yeah, we got so many, like, every single day. I love it. Yeah, like I said, the first couple days they won't come because they're like, is this safe? I don't know. Yeah. Once they know it's safe, they will be there. We have a chunky squirrel that enjoyed all of the peanuts we had out there. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that everybody's having a fabulous week, and I'm glad that everybody's gearing up for Valentine's Day. But with that, I think we can uh, head on over to our first segment, the Creature Feature. If you know me, you know by now, you should know by now that I love moths. But I don't love moths as much as I love birds. And today, we're going to be talking about a special little pair of birds we're talking about animal courtship today this species of bird its name means stupid i think that's a little rude but settlers and all kinds of people when they stumbled upon these birds they acted a little dumb they were very commonplace now for being unaware of humans they kind of just did their own business they were awkward they were really unaware of their surroundings which is why the word bobo for stupid morphed into the blue-footed booby. Now, there's a lot of different species of booby. However, I wanted to bring up the blue-footed booby today because their courtship is really, really quite fun. It's romantic, and it's very in the spirit of Valentine's Day, which I thought was very, very exciting for this episode. Now, first off, when blue-footed boobies mate, They are sitting up on these really rocky outcroppings, right? They're on these, like, they're in the sky. It's like, there's little to no grass. It's just a rock face, essentially cliffs a lot of time. And so what boobies that are getting ready to nest will do is they will just poop layers and layers and layers to form this circular nest. That's the start of their nest, which, first off, a little gross. But when boobies are ready to mate, you'll get a male and a female that'll pop up and they'll do this little sideways dance where they kind of rock back and forth sideways in front of each other, the male and the female, and they will lift their feet up at like a perpendicular level. So it's like a 90 degree angle. They pick their feet up way up in the air. If you had the chance to YouTube it, definitely watch it. But I will also put a link in our um, stuff as well because it's really fun to watch. And they'll just do that back and forth. And what they're doing is the female is evaluating the color of the male's feet, actually. See, the blue pigment that comes into and gives them that blue color is actually what's known as a carotenoid pigment. And think of it kind of like, you know, carrot is the standard when we think of that because carrots have a lot of carotenoid pigments. That's actually one of the ways that they get their name on also beta carotene science stuff. Doesn't matter. Essentially, carotenoid pigments are the things that give like flamingos their color 
and cardinals their color and house finches their color. They're pigments that are assimilated into the body by food consumption. And in the case of the blue-footed booby, it's actually related to their high sardine and herring diet. So it's a very high fish diet that gives them these blue colors to their skin, to their feet. And so when a female looks at a male's feet, the brighter the blue, the better he'll do. And so they use that to evaluate what kind of level of partner, you know, what kind of health, what kind of genes that they'll be putting forth into their environment. And so that is how the blue-footed booby mates. And before we move on to the next segment, I also just wanted to add, I found a fascinating little detail. 50% of the world's population of blue-footed boobies is found exclusively on the Galapagos Islands, which I think is fascinating and a number that I wasn't quite aware of. But yes, blue-footed boobies dance. They do their whole courtship ritual thing. It's very, very cute. Are they monogamous? No, but that's a story for another day. Would you say that they're like bodacious? Not particularly. I found it fascinating. I watched a video where it was where it was like when when the when one of the partner would leave, the other would like do courtship with another one. Sure. But then but, but then the partner would come back and then it'd be like full blown love again. So it's like a, an interesting dynamic to say the least. But are they boobdacious? Oh, was this now, Matt, a setup for a pun that I missed? Now, Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. What would you say that you prefer? Would you say you prefer like a you know a, a pair of boobies or a, a pair of great tits? I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. A pair of boobies or Somali wild ass? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna choose the bird. That's like easy. Yeah, you are. It's easy. I'm not gonna choose. A, I'm not gonna choose a horse that won't put on a saddle. Like I don't. That's really a booby guy. All right. All right. I featured my creature. Let's get into it. Me too, So current events today. So my current event is uh, an article titled Octopuses, Squids, and Lobsters Could Be Classified as, Quotes, Sentient Beings. So a number of marine animals, including octopuses, squids, crabs, lobsters, will be recognized as part of sentient beings as part of a new law proposed by the UK government. And um, in November of 2021, that group of pod mollusks like octopuses, squids, cuttlefish, and decapod crustaceans like crabs, lobsters, shrimps, crayfish were officially included in that list of sentient beings, which means that their welfare will have to be considered when future government decisions are made about them. So we think about the idea of like legal personhood uh, over animals or the idea of sentient beings, but this is a little bit different. Um, it, it actually, here it seems like it'd be really good for those animals' welfare in the wild. A quote here from the article is, after reviewing over 300 scientific studies, we have con concluded that cephalopod mollusks and decapod crustaceans should be regarded as sentient and should therefore be included within the scope of animal welfare law. And that quote is by Jonathan Birch, a philosopher of biological sciences at the London School of Economics and Political Science. And it's really exciting that 
these animals are now kind of being classified and taken into account when, you know, laws of their environment are really being passed. Historically, it's been hard to prove sentience in animals because that's been really difficult to define, right? So sentience is the capacity of experiencing feelings such as pain, pleasure, and hunger. And with pain reception now be, being widely considered as you know, a, a criteria for the policymakers when considering a new legislation on animal welfare, these, this group of animals was now being considered, uh, which is really exciting for the idea of being sentient beings. It's not a, like a huge news thing, but I just thought it was really, really interesting on the idea of how we categorize animals kind of outside the science realm what the kind of legal sentient beings of these creatures really is it puts into question some of the things that have happened to these animals such as selling them to untrained handlers transporting them in ice or cold water even boiling the animals alive without stunning them and other extreme like slaughter methods uh and basically now they can't be doing those things now that they are classified as sentient beings um, researchers are now calling for a lot of those practices to be outlawed Boiling lobsters alive without stunning them is already illegal in the United States, Switzerland, Norway, Austria, and New Zealand. So we're seeing a lot of kind of positive news for our cephalopod friends. And that's our uh, current event this week. Any thoughts? I think that's pretty cool. I think it's very, like you said, just very interesting. I think that all decisions when we're talking about another life should be their welfare should be considered like it this seems kind of i don't know very weird to me that that welfare isn't always considered and that bothers me just as someone who strives to give the best possible welfare to the animals they take care of i just it's and it, i'm glad to see that the laws are trying to go towards better welfare yeah, thanks for that, Brittany. Um, I, I just thought it was super interesting, like you said. So thanks for that comment. And uh, with that, let's jump into our main topic for today. I know we kind of talked a little bit in the beginning of the episode without warning just about today's episode. We're going to be talking all about um, animal courtship and behavior. And so... We're going to do this in a tier list type of format. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about an animal's courting behavior or a weird thing about their courting rituals. And we're just going to kind of go on and rank and, and, and do all of that. So, so to kind of kick things off, um, we are going to talk about land snails so land snails have an appendage right by its eyes that shoot out at its potential mate and it delivers a special type of mucus that then prepares its mate to receive an envelope or a sack of sperm um, in order to be able to have successful mating before I give it to you. I got to know where do these snails live? Like, do they live like on land or like what's the deal here? Yeah, that's definitely a factor. I ask this question as a joke because they're called land snails. 
I was going to say they are called land snails. Um, so presumably land, but let me get you just the exact location. Wow. Do I get to know what land too? <laughs> is it your land or my land? This land is your it, land. It's our land, actually. It was made for you. <laughs> you and me, yeah. <laughs> They're all over the place. They live on land. Leave it at that. They live on the land. Okay. Well, in that case, I got to go for tier D for drive-by because that's essentially <laughs> what's happening here. <laughs> well, they'd have to do multiple drive-bys because the, the appendage that they like squirt out, is it gives the, the mucus. And then they have to go again because they have to be able to deliver that envelope of sperm. Or... Because they're snails, they only have to drive by once because it's such a slow drive by. They're frequent flyers, if you will. I won't, actually. I won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm comfortable with D tier because maybe I have a vendetta against this species because the only thing I know about it is that they're named for just land that they live on. And so that could be influencing my decision. I, I would probably say uh, also D tier, like high D tier, low C tier. So I'm leaning towards high D tier. D plus. Just because I feel like we are about to get into some really intense stuff. And I, I feel like this is nowhere near as intense as it's going to get. So I'm going to start low. To be fair, it is a shooting. Like literally like. Again, I'm not going to comment on anything like that. <laughs> I also put it at D tier um, just because I know what's coming. <laughs> Don't say that today. You oh. could argue. You could argue <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of the animals in this list might be doing that. Just maybe. So, the next animal that we're gonna talk about is one that a lot of people know and and associate with weird sexual behaviors, and that is that of the Black Widow. Now, we all kind of know the story that Black Widow will, like, rip Right, the we've off. all seen the movie. Scarlett Johansson is in Russia. We've seen it. We know the story. Please move on. Please move okay. back to anyway, the Black Widow. So, um, <laughs> we all know the story with the Black Widow and how, like, they'll rip the heads off of their mates. Now, we never really talk about the male or the mate aspect of it and they do this really funny booty shake um, when approaching a female so they basically twerk it's twerk it's, it, they basically just twerk until they reach the female to make her realize that they aren't food and so they'll literally just walk up shaking their little booties so that the vibrations work in a different way than what their prey does um, and it's a, a twerk to the death, basically. May I may I kick this one off? Because mm -hmm. I have an immediate opinion. And I'm giving it F tier because it very clearly doesn't work. Because they get eaten anyways. Hey, look at me. I'm not food. Still gets eaten. So, I mean, F for... I guess task failed successfully. So for that reason alone, I might bring it up to C because that's funny. 
I love the idea of just like the mental concept of spiders twerking. So that alone is at least B tier. Spiders twerking is really sending me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. It really tickles me. So <laughs> spiders twerking is absolutely in B tier. Matt, what did you say? Did you go with, are you sticking with F or are you sticking, or you, did you bump it up to, to B? I'm bumping it to C, not to B. And only because the phrase task failed successfully is truly hysterical. Otherwise, like I said, it is a failed notion. And so it does, I believe, get some detractor for that in my eyes. So I also put it at B tier, but for different reasons. So I, if, if I was just to comment on the males twerking alone... I'm putting it at C minus tier, right? Like it's it, meh. But just both approaches to mating in general, I think is really funny. Um, so I'm putting it at B tier. Like the women get what they want and then they don't have to deal with the aftermath. Just rip off its head and get a little nice little snack. Sometimes it's tiring. You need, you need a little pick-me-up. What's around? I'm so sorry. What's tiring? <laughs> Courting can be very tiring. Okay, great. For a female black widow. Wonderful. That's that's excellent to know. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I'm just here to 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 educate. I mean, that's what um, we're about here: conservation, education, and fascination. And this topic is utterly fascinating. <laughs> so the next one that we're going to be talking about are bonobos. So these guys are um, one of the few species other than humans that have sexual intercourse for fun. They do it just because they can. It's not for a, re like, always necessarily for, like, a reproduction reasoning. Um, a lot of times they will do it for social ranking and for kinship. Um, they're also known to engage in sexual activities with uh, members of their group of the same sex. And they've also been recorded of having um, multiple partners or multiple relations with multiple members of their group. And just for fun, not for any other reason other than that. Hey, how you doing? Um, and for this reason, because it's something that, you know, I just... I appreciate it. I'm giving, I'm putting them at an A tier. I, I think I'm going to second you in that, Brittany. I definitely think that these are A tier worthy. One, you know, I think humans are uh, pretty interesting in the way that we approach the concept of intercourse. And it's really interesting to see that our closest relatives do the same thing, you know, can, can kind of uh, use um, that activity to have multiple different types of relationships. And you can see that same sort of thing in human relationships it's really really fascinating what especially activity? when we take into consideration the idea of not only like polyamory within bonobos but also like the idea of like homosexuality or it's really interesting to kind of take that into account and then compare it to our own species a plus for sure i'll be honest i was starting at a c and you've convinced me to raise it up to a b with your reasoning that, that's what we're that, all about. That's what a tier list is. That's what a tier that list is. Said, that said, I cannot give it an A purely for on originality. 
I think you could give it a B for Bonobo and you just call it a day. See, I was thinking C for chimpanzee, but, but that also works. It's a bonobo. It's, you know. But what what about what do you mean by unoriginality? Because we're talking about it because it's human like. Yeah, but like that's just my opinion. That's not the yeah. bonobo's opinion. I think the bonobos do it because that's how they do it. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm, and also, like, I'm, like, I'm rating how honestly, I feel they do about it better than humans because humans are a bunch of uh, judgmental. Yeah, you know what? Faces. We have evolved, humans have evolved beyond the idea of let's just make a friend. Mm -hmm. To be or fair, like let's just feel good. You right. don't know if they're not messy. <laughs> you don't know that they're not messy. It's not the correct word to use, but I'm going to move on from that. I yeah, mean, I mean like drama that. laden. You don't know that things don't get complicated. There could be. I all... mean, we kind of do. Like, there's so much research done on bonobos and chimpanzees that we kind of do know how their behaviors correlate with their sexual activity. Well, and yeah. they use it to move up in the food chain, like literally within their you know social groups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also to just like be friendly. Like if they meet another chimpanzee, that's like, yeah, that's let's just be friends, you know. I just think there's some drama Bat. behind closed doors. But is uh, you know but what? I, you I, think I, I that only because our society says that that's what should happen. Because bonobos, not there. Or is it? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying it started at sea for. Close proximity, and this is my rating on how I feel about it. And I'm just like, eh, I've seen it. I've seen it in humanity. Oh. It's, it's it happens all over the world. There's shows about it called Sex and the City. I used to, as a little kid, though, army crawl out of my bedroom when I was supposed to be asleep. And I used to crawl under our couch and watch Sex in the City while my mom was watching it because she waited till I'd go to bed. Yeah. But I liked it, so I would just crawl out and watch it. I snuck out of my bed to watch Full House. We are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next animal is one that's kind of one of my favorite animals. We'll see about where we're at on the tier list. But it is a six-banded armadillo. So during their courting rituals, a, ma um, a group of male six-banded armadillos will chase one female. And when the first male reaches the female, he will mount her and... They will then finish their courting while they're running until she finds something to burrow in. And then he pretty much like topples off of her. Now, the reason why they're able to stay connected while running is because a male six-banded armadillo's penis is about 33% in length of its body. And that the reason why they have such long penises is literally just so that they can stay connected to the females um, while they're running. 
and the females will be able to get away basically when they burrow themselves down into a, a little little hole. I have a lot of jokes that I want to make, but none are necessarily appropriate for a science podcast. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to stay See quiet with- and put this bad boy in C tier. Why? You, um, guess. I think he can sit in C tier. It's just run of the mill, par for the course. Now, does it change to know that a male's penis is corkscrewed shaped? Nah, I've seen it. I'm not going to lie. That honestly makes it worse. I might even lower it down to D tier. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. I'm lowering it down to D tier. I'll sit at a C. I also put it at a C. Um, and the reason for that is, one, how scary to be a female armadillo having a bunch of guys have to chase you. No thanks. Um, and also, like, just it's just weird. I would say I might leave it at that. It's just weird. So I also put it at a C. But the next one is kind of not so much about the actual courting behavior. It's more so at, more so about the this particular species, both males and females anatomy. So we're gonna bring it all the way down to Australia. So Australia, CJ, be prepared. Good on I'm here, I'm ready. Excellent. Female kangaroos have three vaginas. So they have two side vaginas, and then they have a middle vagina. And the male, males have two pronged penises. And so what happens is, is with the two pronged penis, it sends sperm into those two side vaginas that will go into their two uteruses. And the purpose of the female's middle vagina is to hold a joey. And so, in technicality, a female kangaroo can actually have three joeys um, or be taking care of three joeys at one time. The joeys just have to be at different stages of life. So they can have a joey that's still really young and can't be away from mom, but it's out of the pouch. They can have a joey inside of the pouch, and then they can have a little baby bean hanging out in their middle vagina, growing and and doing its baby bean thing, which I find pretty fascinating. I actually put this one at, um, like, an, I put it at A tier because I think that that anatomy is just really cool and interesting um, and efficient. Yeah, A for utility. Like, that's all I got to say. It it works. It's very Utility efficient. actually starts with a U. No. It's a silent A as well as a silent three right after that. Um, sure, sure. No, it's just, it's efficient, it works, and I think if the world ran like kangaroos, it'd be a better world. Rightio you are, mate, rightio you are. Definitely S+, plus. kangaroos, beautiful creatures, beautiful, that they can get, take care of those three joeys in different stages of life. Definitely S tier for me. 
And uh, yeah, I think I'm also going to put them in S tier. So there's four rankings for this one. Uh, CJ, Australian CJ, Matt, and Brittany. I totally forgot S tier was a thing. So I changed my mind from the A. I'm going to go up to S. Yes, S tier. All righty. So our next one is going to bring us down into the sea. Under the sea, if you will. And we're going to talk about male octopuses. So male octopus will have eight legs, but then they actually will. You know what else they have eight of? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready. (laughs) Well, they do. They will actually only have one penis that they then detach from their bodies and then shoot it off at the female to mate um and unfortunately a lot of the times um females get confused as to what it is and think it's like a parasite and swim away i'm gonna go with a purely because i think it's funny i just something about just you like you go through all that effort and then it's like no that's a parasite i'm gonna just leave that's funny that's funny all that work for nothing it feels like I don't know how to describe it other than like they they like tried to like like shoot their shot and missed. Yeah. Um so I think I'm gonna put them in I think I'm gonna go B tier for these bad boys. Yeah, remember how I talked about task failed successfully earlier? This is like task complete. This is just task failed. This is just task failed. It's just funny. It's just funny. CJ, did you say D is in dog or B is in boy? B is in Victor. I didn't do it. Um, and then Matt, you said it's in what tier? I gave it an A. I gave it an A for the yeah. comedic factor. I definitely put it in F tier. <laughs> Why F tier? What? Be- because one, it just kind of reminds me of like how I feel like Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head made their spuds. Like, it's exactly that. I think. Like, it's I don't exactly want it. That. Here, all you, you take it. All you have to do to raise it up at least one tier is imagine it with, like, a cartoon noise. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then her going, zoinks, and running away. <laughs> yeah. No, that was Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy is... uh. Shaggy zoinks. Zoinks. Either either way, Velma she's is of Jinkies. It. Oh my yeah, god, jinkies. jinkies! Jeepers, Jinkies! Dang, I still don't have a catchphrase. Either Can't one, see. it finds it spooky. And then, like, I should have done. I should have looked it up. I didn't. But like, do they then regrow their penis back? Or is it like they get one shot, and if it doesn't work, you blew it. Wait, wait. So it's an Eminem song, too. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it? Just let it slip. I have a question. Yeah. 
could you make the argument? And again, you're welcome to say, no, you can't make that argument, CJ. Could you make the argument that the fact that the male octopus does not want to actually approach the female and rips off their penis instead makes them an octopusy? <laughs> no, that's a movie. You're right. I apologize. So Adam looked it up for me and just sent me the screenshot of the answer. It says, when removed from the male's body, the appendage continues to swim towards the female, attaches to her mantle, the structure behind their head, where you can find their organs, and can be stored in her mantle cavity. Unfortunately for the male, he dies. Doesn't the female lay eggs and then die as well? Yes. So they all just kind of... It's a murderous fizzle. cycle. They all just fizzle. Care for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> Live fast, die young. That's the, that's the subtitle That's for this episode. Care <laughs> for a good time, not a long time. Why can't I be here for both? No one's ever presented me that option. And I'm <laughs> appalled, frankly. Stop being greedy. See you get one or the other. No, see all of the above. For Kinolos Dos. Yeah. Okay, well, you judge the the bonobos for having all of the above. Hey. How you doing? No, I didn't judge them. I judged them because it was very similar to humans, and that bored me. That is exactly <laughs> what I said. I Like I told you, that was literally a plot line on Sex of the City. It's like, if it was original, I would have felt more. All right. Well, we're going to continue in the in the ocean, in the sea. We're going to talk about the anglerfish. This is such a good one. This is such a good one. So yeah. <laughs> male fish are actually born without a digestive system. And so what they do is when they find a female, they bite and attach to her and do not let go until they die. And they decompose. And as they're decomposing, the female is then able to use the male's reproductive organs to reproduce for themselves. And they're able to just pretty much keep using that reproductive organ until they can't anymore. And then it, the cycle just kind of continues. And then they just have like a little carcass on the sides of their bodies that they wind up just kind of like absorbing into the female. In fact, I'm getting it in S for assimilation because the male just becomes. I've always loved that one. I would say the anglerfish gets a definite F tier from me. It's really gross. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, I think I was particularly biased on this one because of a, uh, an Animal Planet show from the mid-2000s called The Most Extreme. The Most Extreme. Um, which graphically showed... Yeah, it did. <laughs> ...how this worked. Um, and even uh, gave us a model of how that would apply to human beings. And I think that scarred me. Um, and I'm going to put it in F tier. For the same reasons that CJ is putting it in F tier, I'm putting it in S tier. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> I, you know, whatever. Clearly, why, Clearly. why need it? Why need a partner when you can do it yourself? That that I understand. 
But, <laughs> but, no. Is it sufficient? Absolutely not. Anyway, what's next? So, next one we've got, we're going out of the sea and into the trees. We're talking about the bird of paradise. So, um, birds of paradise, paradise basically dance to win the heart of another. Male birds of paradise spread out their wings and showcase their blue shiny um, feathers that are around their eyes, and they prance and dance around. Their dances are meant to memorize a female, um, and they pretty much do it all year round because they don't have a specific breeding season. They just dance to impress all the time. Every day I'm shuffling. I like a bee, you know, I, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty commonplace with a lot of birds and these are very special birds. They're very special looking birds. They have very special dances, but it's not out of the ordinary for just birds to be dancing. I do think the all year round things kind of funny. You're just dancing the night away. You know, you have a good time. You know, it's Friday night, every night, live fast, die young, but yeah, it, Bad it's girls do it well. It's not the most original. I was going to put a different song in there, but it's good. The song that I was going to put, I believe it's called um, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. <laughs> um, you know, because they've been spending most of their life living as a bird of paradise. Yeah. And <laughs> what are you, where, where are you putting them rank-wise? S tier. I don't think there's a better example of unique animal courtship than Birds of Paradise. Um, especially the diversity of how they look. They are stunning freaking creatures. I put them at B tier just because like I felt like a lot of the other ones we had were funnier. <laughs> but it, very cool, very beautiful. Matt is right though. A lot of birds do their whole dancey dance. Mm -hmm. I do think so, not original. I, I might actually maybe bump to A for the plumage factor. Because okay. that is very outlandish. And even within the realm of birds of paradise, like the diversity that you see, like you were mentioning, CJ, it's like, I believe they might, I want to say they're used as like a quintessential example of sexual selection as far they as. They usually are because like, there's not a more diverse example of it. Yeah, and the there is no ecological advantage to their plumage and all of that. It is purely on the basis of courtship and mating. So I do think that's fascinating. So yeah, I'll bump it to A. It's official. No, Matt, it's a bird. Yeah, A, B, and S. So the next animal that i'm gonna talk about again i'm gonna be talking a little bit more about their anatomy than the actual courtship and we're gonna talk about ducks so a male duck has about a 40 centimeter long penis um which is corkscrewed and it's which is roughly about half of their body it twists counterclockwise so that the sperm will target the oviducts of the female's left side now, during courting, males will not take no for an answer. And so female ducks have evolved to have the um, 
have their vaginas twist in the opposite direction of what a male's penis twists so that they have more control of whether or not a male duck can be successful at entrance or not. And they can kind of have a little bit more control of that courting situation. So for me, I put it at an F tier because male ducks are dicks. <laughs> well, no, 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 Brittany. They have dicks. They're just assholes. Yes. I'm going to put it in F tier because consent is important, folks. Yes. I'm going to expand on that. I saw a wine stopper or a wine corkscrew. So it's also getting an F for me just because that is like one of those cursed, those really cursed. That's somebody that who did not buy. understand the assignment. Oh, yeah. No, either that or it is someone who completely did. I hope it's the <laughs> former. But like, it's just one of those things that it's one of those pieces of knowledge that us biologists are cursed to live with. I think this is the only animal out of this tier list thus far that we've all agreed on. That's probably true. And it's because ducks are gross on multiple levels. Yeah. All right. And to end our tier list, we're going to talk about porcupines. Um, female porcupines will use urine and mucus markings to attract a male mate. The males then will often pee on the female until she becomes receptive to mating. I'm not <laughs> a fan, frankly. Ew. Um, what was my rating for the snail? Was it D? D. I'm gonna. I, I feel like the by my criterion. Then I also kind of have to go with D tier here. Um, just because the, the notion of the attempted power play is, <laughs> is mildly disconcerting and I, it's a concept that I would not like to talk about anymore. But is it a power play when she did it first? I'm so sorry. I'm just going to interrupt and I'm going to say F tier immediately because that's really gross. And again, I think I should I should have prefaced this at the beginning. I am extremely biased in this conversation. It's not. <laughs> I feel good about D tier. It's I like... put it at C tier because I'm not here to kink shame anybody. Yeah. Mm, see, we're different. We're different. <laughs> it's it, it's like it's a it's just no it's kind no, no we're different. I it's just I don't encourage kink shaming, but in animals I might. <laughs> it's like. You know, they're doing their best, I guess. But we're animals. Mm, that's true. That's true. I'm still keeping it in F tier. I'm sorry. I do think, objectively, it could be worse. And so that's why, you know, we, like... Oh, it could be, and it is, actively. Like, there are ones that Brittany didn't even get to that are much worse than the ones discussed. Well, I mean, like, for me, it doesn't feel right to put that in the same tier as the duck. You know? No, I mean, I'm pretty satisfied putting it in the same tier as the anglerfish and the duck for me, personally. 
anglerfish there were a I lot can... worse ones i could have chosen i tried to yeah. keep it as pg-13 as i possibly yeah, i'm gonna could. i'm gonna argue like yeah. it's f tier given where we're at if we're looking at, at like the entire animal kingdom this is in solid c tier yes. but <laughs> if we're looking listen. at just the tier list here i think i'm gonna put this in f tier I don't know. Yeah. No, I maybe I okay. You know what? You convinced me. I'll put it in D tier. Yeah. There it you just, go. In it, D tier. At the very least, consensual. Is it? I don't I think mean, it is because he does it until she says yes. Oh, I didn't but she's say the one... she has it first. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll 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 accept moving it to D tier, but I'm not I'm not changing it. Anymore. She also gets out of it alive. That's important. Unlike the Black Widow males. And the ducks. Also <laughs> unlike ducks, yeah. And yeah. all of the octopi, not just the male or the female. <laughs> just all of them, right? I don't understand how your population can survive when every one you make, you die. It's like, all right, let's just exist on a... Oh, that's kind of beautiful, actually. Life is circular. All right, well, that wraps up this animal-loving episode. This episode of the Birdie Wedge Podcast was actually sponsored by Trojan Condoms. Uh, that's not true. I just thought that was very funny. <laughs> I apologize for interrupting. K-Y Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Buy it now. Link in our bio. We, we just keep going places. Well, I just want to thank y'all for helping me put these animals on a weird tier list and talking about them because it's a definitely different a different type of episode uh but just in time for valentine's day right but if you like what you heard today you can uh find <laughs> i'm so sorry nature lover but if you liked what you heard today this is not the right podcast for you <laughs> I really said that to see your reaction, and that was beautiful. I don't believe you. I think you thought. I think you thought that would work. <laughs> I did. And yeah. I was like, it came out, and I was like, no. <laughs> if any uh, of the things you heard today really enticed you, talk to your partner uh, <laughs> or a therapist. <laughs> Couples therapy. Ooh. <laughs> working. Working. Nature lovers, find y'all on social media. You all can find me on the gram at Matt Valiga. M-A-T-T-V is in Victor A-L-I-G-A. Yeah, nothing really to report so far. Hopefully projects come up soon. And those are when you might get some content from me. But I'm pretty content free because I'm always uh, at work or hardly working. Working hard or hardly working. That's my motto. You can find me on Instagram at cj.greco, that's cj.greco, and I don't know, I'm maybe going to find uh, something fun to post for Valentine's Day this year. We'll see. Who knows? Brittany, where can people find you on the social meds? People can find me on Instagram at the Brittany underscore bunch, T-H-E-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y underscore B is in birdie 
U-N-C-H. I'll probably end up posting some things about our Valentine's Day. You'll probably get a lot of six-banded armadillo photos for me. And, yeah. Uh, but, collectively, we can all be found um, on Instagram at the Birdie Bunch Podcast. You can also find our website at www.thebirdiebunchpodcast.com. Um, we do have a merch store. So if you like what you hear and you want to support us, we have lots of fun shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and pillows and etc. all on there that you can decorate yourself or your house with. It's beautiful. But if you can't, if you don't want to, if you can't afford to be able to help us financially, that's totally cool. The best way to be able to support us is to tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell everybody you know, hate, and love um, about the Brady Bunch podcast. Um, you can also leave us a, a review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it out here on the podcast. We don't have any new reviews this week, but if you give us a five-star review, we'll read it out there. But we do really genuinely appreciate reviews, uh, whether they're five-star or not, because we like to know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong so we can make the best possible podcast for you guys. Um, another really great way of being able to help support us is becoming a patron on our Patreon. So shout out to Gabe Andrele, who's been our our Patreon for the last few months. Um, we love and appreciate you. And so getting a shout out here on the podcast is just one, one of those perks of being our Patreon. There's different levels and different tiers, one of them including a um, unedited recording of our crazy podcast recordings so you can see all of the crazy fun for yourself. Um, this was a particularly fun one. So. It really was. Um, but I think with that, I think that about covers everything. So nature lovers, we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Birdie Blunch podcast. We would like to thank Sarah Dunlap for designing our logos and Connor Whitman for being our music producer. The mission of the Birdie Bunch podcast is to inspire an inclusive community for conservation by using education to promote fascination. Anything else you want to say to our fans? Anything else? Oh my God. Anything else you want to say to our fans? <laughs> no. Fair enough.